Today is Wednesday, August the 2nd, and you're tuned in to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Donald Ware, and today we're going to stick in the MEAC, and we're going to take a look at Florida A&M, the Rattlers, coming off four wins on last year, which uh, for the Rattlers was an improvement from the one win that they had in 2015, and I think when you talk about uh, the Rattlers, you have to go backwards to move forward. To move forward, and the Rattlers, as a matter of fact, won three of their last five football games on last year, including um, a win against Hampton and a win against Morgan State. Their other two victories: one over Delaware State, and then one over Savannah State. And again. Uh, Savannah State, we talked about them on yesterday and the improvement that they made on last year. So um, four, four, at least three of those wins, pretty quality wins for the Rattlers in 2016. And uh, when you're talking about the Rattlers, um, you, you're talking about their head coach and Alex Wood. Again, one win in 2015, an improvement in 2016. And I think this is a Rattler team that's going to be very much uh, improved in 2017. As a matter of fact, they're going to kick off the season on uh, August the 26th as they're going to take on Texas Southern. And again, our HBCU football daily podcasts are leading up to the kickoff on August the 26th against Texas Southern as Florida A&M and Texas Southern are going to get together in Tallahassee. As a matter of fact, don't forget our hashtag is HBCU125, hashtag HBCU125 when discussing any of our daily podcasts. For Alex Wood, I mean, this is he, he's, a, he's had experience at all levels of coaching. He's, he's been a head coach at an FBS program at Buffalo. He's been a head coach on the FCS level prior to becoming the head coach at Florida A&M. Uh, as a matter of fact, he spent four years as the head coach at James Madison where they had some pretty good seasons. And then he's also been a coach uh, in the National Football League as well. So he knows how to build a program. And when you can go from one win to four, um, you're making progress. I think one of the issues is in Rattler Nation, um, there's a win now mentality. And so uh, Alex Wood is in the third year of a three-year contract that he signed. So, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think w- when you're able to make improvements as he's done, and by the way, coming into a situation that wasn't great to begin with, uh, you know, I think you have to give uh, a coach, especially one with the pedigree of Alex Wood, some time. Uh, but it is a three-year deal. I think he has made some improvements. So I think 2017 is going to be critical for him. And the Rattlers pick to finish six. Listen, I think, you know, I'm going to take a look at that and give you my thoughts. I think that Florida A&M is going to be good in 2017 and pretty good, better than a sixth-place finish, I think, in 2017. And one of the reasons I say that is because they got a young man by the name of Ryan Stanley who is their quarterback. Let me tell you something. I had a chance to see him play on last year and against a very good A&T defense. He did some really, really good things. Um, I, I, I like the way that he's versatile. He's a guy that can throw the football and throws it well, but he's also a guy 
that can run the football. He can do a lot of damage with his feet. 351 yards rushing last year, 4.8 yards per carry, and three touchdowns on last year in terms of running the football. And then, of course, um, as a quarterback in the pocket, even outside of the pocket, he has some escapability where he can get out, throw the football, completed 56% of his passes for uh, 1,358 yards, eight touchdowns, and five interceptions on last year. So he's a pretty uh, a heady guy. He's not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. You know, five interceptions and 227 attempts isn't bad. He has a really, really good wide receiver to throw the football to in Brandon Norwood. 51 receptions, 468 yards, four touchdowns on last year. Preseason first team, all MEAC selection. Um, they're definitely going to want to be able to get the football downfield a little bit more on next on this upcoming season. But even with that being said, I mean, I thought they did uh, some pretty good, good things on last year in terms of Norwood and Stanley, who were able to get on uh, the same page together and, 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 and made some things happen. Uh, no question about it that Florida A&M is definitely going to have to be better in the run game. About 108 yards rushing per game on last year. Um, they're going to want to be able to do better, and it's going to take a little bit of the load off of Stanley as well. A, a couple of good offensive linemen coming back in Osman Aguilera. He's a senior. And then also Lubenis Polonis comes back as well. He's a sophomore. Both of these young men, uh, second team, uh, all MEAC preseason performers. And listen, one of the things I like about Florida A&M, or at least liked about them last year, which I think they're going to be pretty good this year because they got a couple of guys coming back, is the fact that they're very opportunistic when it comes to, um, to, to turnovers, but more specifically from an interception standpoint. I mean, as a team, on last year, Florida A&M had 14 interceptions, which is pretty good. They had four guys apiece that had three interceptions. Uh, Jacques Bryant, who was very good for them, is gone, but they do return Terry Jefferson, who had four interceptions um, on last year. Orlando McKinney also had four interceptions on last year. He returns both of these young men, also preseason, um, all second team selections as well. And then from a defensive standpoint, and by the way, I, I'd be remiss if I did not mention Obina Nawanko, who was also a was a third, actually a third team, um, all preseason or all MEAC preseason selection. So a solid offensive line. As I mentioned, we were talking about the defense now. I mean, Orlando McKinney, Terry Jefferson, both of those young men come back. And then they also on the defensive line are going to be anchored by Elijah Price. Solid season last year, 15 and a half tackles for loss, two and a half sacks on the season so I think Florida A&M being very opportunistic I think that is in fact going to continue in 2017 so you know listen I, I like Florida A&M I, I like them to be much improved I like them actually um, as I mentioned to be a little bit better than their number six ranking would in fact suggest so, um, as I mentioned, I thought I think Savannah State is going to be a surprise team this year in terms of the number of wins. I don't think they're going to, um, 
you know, be in the middle of the pack, but they're going to be much improved, I think, from the three wins that they had last year. But I think Florida A&M is going to be a top five program this year uh, when it's all said and done. So that's a look at the Rattlers and their upcoming season. Again, they opened the season and also got to also mention the schedule for Florida A&M because the schedule is kind of tough. And by the way, and when I'm talking about Alex Wood and where this program was prior to him coming, Florida A&M was unable to have a spring practice on last year. So they had a spring practice this year, and it's a lot of pep in steps in Tallahassee because of the spring practice. Also, Florida A&M going to be eligible for everything this year. You know, in years past, uh, they'd been ineligible in terms of competing for a, uh, a MEAC championship. Or, of course, there's no MEAC championship game, but in terms of winning the MEAC and then possibly participating in the celebration, but I don't think they will, but just the mindset that, okay, they're off the sanctions, no more sanctions, we have spring, we can we can make a run at the MEAC championships, going to bode well for them. Tough schedule out of the gate. Again, you open the season against Texas Southern, which is good, which I think is a winnable game uh, at home for Florida A&M, but then your next three games. Um, a, a quick turnaround, by the way, on the road against Arkansas, the University of Arkansas, um, very tough. Then what may bowl well for Florida A&M is a bye week. So you have a chance to recover. And as a matter of fact, two extra days because they play Thursday, August 31st, and then they don't play Tennessee State again in that Tampa Classic, by the way, until September the 16th. So two extra days, 16 days off, which bowls well against a very, 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 very good Tennessee State team. That's going to be a tough game, I, I must say, for Florida A&M. And then on the road against uh, a much-improved Savannah State. And then after Savannah State, they're going to host North Carolina Central. It's an ESPNU game, but it's five days later. So it's a Thursday night. So that schedule is very tough. First five games out of the gate for Florida A&M going to be extremely extremely tough but still I think they're going to have a much improved season so that's a look at Florida A&M for today Wednesday August 2nd on tomorrow we're going to take a look uh, go down the road a little bit uh, and take a look at the Bethune-Cookman Wildcats again if you missed any of our podcasts since we began this on June 19th log on to our website boxtorow.com boxtorow.com you can download the podcasts you can listen to them right there online. And when you want to discuss the podcast, use hashtag HBCU125, hashtag HBCU125. Also follow us on Twitter at Box2Row. We'll talk with you tomorrow.